I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and, you know, I'm just the girl sitting in the back of the cab that always gets dropped off first. (laughs) And my name is Colin Drucker, and I'm not 16 anymore. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things to choose from in this movie that I... Really, and some of them are deep cuts because this is, um, I mean, obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but hello. Hello, hello. everyone. Welcome. Yes, hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, Uh Yeah, it's so, of course, obviously, today we are talking about Hannah and her sisters, and in particular, Diane Weist's Best Supporting Actress Oscar-winning performance. Uh. Um, But as you were about to say, go go for it. I've set you up now. Go for it. (laughs) Perfect. Bump set spike. I think that... uh, this is only my second time seeing this movie. I own this movie. Mm. Um, I think I was just on a... I discovered Annie Hall when I lived in New York, which mm-hmm. is a great place to discover Annie Hall. I think I was living with Best Supporting Actress Amanda Kaczynski, really. Oh, BSA I, Amanda Kaczynski. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I watched it by myself one day, one afternoon, and I was like, yeah, I I get it. I was So I was really curious to further my... Uh, you know, my my cataloging, my my late cataloging years of Woody Allen mm-hmm. and my late 20s there. But um, there's so much to to mine in this script and this movie and the perform. I, I, I'm getting so ahead of myself, but I, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this movie uh, is ultimately what I'm saying. Well, that's that's lovely. No, I'm um, yeah. I. Yeah, I was curious. I had no idea because we didn't really talk about like, you know, the first few movies we did, we both had really strong feelings on or each one of us had strong feelings on. And so it was like, okay, with this one, I think we were like, okay, let's talk Diane Weist. But I didn't know your feelings on this movie. I didn't know if you'd seen it before. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that in our in just our first few uh, episodes of this podcast, we've already done two movies starring Mia Farrow. Directed by a problematic director. I know. That's what I was going to say. Continuing our problematic director series on the Best Supporting Podcast, we jump to Woody Allen. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do something by Lars von Trier next. And then just, know, exactly, exactly. you know, the Human Centipede movies. I think there's oh, something there. I, I will never do them. I, I think I've watched 20 minutes of the first one and I was out that's out. more than I've seen. That's yeah. I I've like read what happens and I've seen nope. some like like reviews, yep. but oh. um yeah, I uh, have not seen this movie before. Oh, ever, ever. Okay. I was familiar with it, and I kind of always, whenever I thought of Hannah and her sisters, I thought of somebody in the back of a taxi in the Upper West Side, you know. And so yeah. that, that kind of is what happens. It kind of is, and 
Oh, I mean, what a what a treat for you with all these this cast like Julie Kavner, Ugh. Barbara Hershey, Ugh. a little Julia Louis Dreyfus sprinkled in there right? too. I mean, there's uh, Carrie Fisher. It is, it is quintessential sort of like Woody Allen casting. Uh, I think that's one of the things I really like about his films the best is he pulls people together that maybe you wouldn't normally pair together or sometimes you would and there's great chemistry or you know it, it just kind of it kind of works yeah you know? yeah and it's yeah. you know what's interesting is like the people who show up for you know one scene it's like joanna gleason you know yes i mean like i was like oh and this was her like film debut uh, yeah. and so like joanna gleason daniel stern yes um, john Turturro, who shows up really like in like one little clip and he may have not been anything anyone yet but he went on to be someone quite big um there's just yeah that kind of like that sense of ensemble where like yeah everybody has a moment or you know and i always especially notice that with women honestly like i'll notice an ensemble cast if there's two or more women you know yes if it's all men and one woman i'm like yeah i mean i don't care i don't care like i need there to be like ideally at least three women within the ensemble you know yes um oh go ahead oh and and this movie certainly um it certainly matches that it meets that that little test of our own you know yeah and just to i mean of course we said problematic directors but what is your i don't say what are your thoughts because i'm not going to put you in that position but what are what is your other movies woody allen movies that you have seen um has it been many has it just been a handful a few are you just like annie hall and dunn or it's so I feel like the first movie, the first Woody Allen movie I think I actually saw, and this was probably in high school in my cataloging years. I think it was like Manhattan Murder Mystery, which okay. is a weird little choice. Um, Angelica Houston's in that, um, so I remember that. Yeah. And I, I think that's what I was intrigued by with Woody Allen's movies, like in the cataloging years, in the early on, was like, oh, there seems to be a lot of women in it. There seems to be a an ensemble of people. I'm not going to be just stuck watching men's stories. Um, there's, you know, I, Annie Hall, I think the first time I saw it, I didn't really appreciate. Then the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I really like this. Yeah. Um, one movie of his that is more of a deep cut that I, there's a, an amazing BSA is one of his early, um, like dramas, uh, interiors, which okay. I uh, think I've heard of that. It's pretty dreary, but, um, Maureen Stapleton is like okay. she was and I think she was nominated for an Oscar for this. Okay. But she is the role she plays in the movie both through the story, the character, the the even the color scheme of her outfits against other people's I've I've just I've always loved and always been so inspired by. So I that's kind of like Woody Allen that I that, that's the Woody Allen that I appreciate the most. Um I his later stuff I'm not really interested in and at this point I'm I'm I guess I do feel pretty soured on him where I'm not really seeking out yeah. anything new from him. I agree with that too. I I I was on my phone now. I wasn't ignoring you. I'm I'm just mm-hmm. kind of looking up other movies I had seen because you mentioned um the newer ones. I mean I mean not like new new but like I think the newest one that I had seen is probably Blue Jasmine. That's the one, the exception of like that I haven't seen and I'm excited to see. Yeah, I think you're you're really gonna enjoy that one too. And also, I know some people have gone off about it, but I I just kind of accepted it for what it is, and I really did like it. Was um, Midnight in Paris? Oh, um, I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, could 
you know, have and could go off about it and just be like, oh, it's just fluff or whatever. But I, I did like it. Um, Is that and then there's the one, not to interrupt you, but I want to make sure I'm getting it right. I feel like Midnight in Paris, the problem, I've never seen it, of course, mm-hmm. but I hate the movie poster so much. Oh, it's like Starry Night and it's... Is it? It's not that one. No, it's not. That one, nope, that's not the problem. I take it back. That would be very nasty of me to be like, oh, I hate the the, the starry night thing. Um, no, I am going to find it. It is, it is, oh, magic in the moonlight. Magic in the moonlight. Let me look it up. I'm excited. Oh, my God. I hate this picture so much. <laughs> I can't wait for you to see it. I And you have to like expand it so you can see a full picture. I hate it. It's, it's oh. the worst. I don't get it. It doesn't look like either of them. It has been photoshopped to oh, death. Oh, yes. It's rough. Emma rough. Stone, Colin Firth. Like, A, that is not Emma Stone. Two, that is Colin Firth from another mo- moment in another year. Oh, they... yeah. He looks way younger, honestly. It is the Ooh, weird... and it's the same one on the DVD, too, only there's, like, clouds in the background. Too. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So that... Um... I'll never see that movie because I, I just can't stand that movie poster. Yeah, and I don't think it did well. No. I, I think another movie that I had seen that we will cover because of Penelope Cruz is Vicky Cristina Bar- Barcelona. So I I own that movie, actually. I probably might have said it before, too. And I do like it. It's one of those performances, though. I can't wait to dig into that one. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a really... I like I'm savoring when we do that episode because there's just... It's, it's going to be one of those episodes where I'm like... You've made the wrong decision, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things. But I think that, um, ooh, I, ju- I just had a thought. It's interesting. One thing I hate to say that I admire, but I acknowledge and I like a quote that Woody Allen said in the past, too, is that he just keeps making movies. He doesn't give a shit if they're good. He does it because he. I would assume that he enjoys it. And that he, some of them are total flops, and some of them are not. And I'm I'm looking at Colin Firth and Emma Stone, and like to get that, you know, to get that phone call. Or he he types everyone letters. Did you know that? No, I I he don't. Types really, every yeah. single person who he wants in his movie, like a, on a typewriter, um, he says like I'd like you to be in this movie. I got a part for you. Blah 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 blah. blah which I think is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Not that I I I'm I'm just like tiptoeing around calling Woody Allen cool, but um. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but imagine being in, like, getting that call and then having the movie flop. Because Woody Allen is kind of synonymous for, like, you know, especially for BSAs, like, Oscar buzz, for lack of a better word, really. Yeah, I mean, certainly these scripts in these movies, like, they give actors an opportunity to have actory moments. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's kind of like, and I say this with, like, so little qualification other than listening to company over and over, but like (gasps) Sondheim, like it's material that gives you golden opportunities to like show the fuck off, you know? Yeah. Honestly, you you don't have to like stretch to make these songs interesting. And so I think that like in the same way, like certainly that the dialogue, it's very much, you know, it's written in a certain style and there's, and there's a certain, you know, uh, energy to it all that I guess, you know, for example, Diane Weiss, I think captures so perfectly mm-hmm. in Hannah and her sisters. And, you know, it's not like, you know, there's so many scripts, I think where actors like get the script and they're like, man, I'm going to have to put so many sprinkles on this cupcake to make it edible. Yeah. You know, this is more of just like, I think getting fluent in the rhythm and like figuring out how to get these words in your bones and like 
I think that that's like because there is just a certain rhythm to these movies. There's a certain banter yes. to them that you know I think it's so often probably why he has a lot of recurring actors like Diane Weist in his movies is because they get it. Yeah, and I think that um, Diane Keaton is just like another perfect example of that, if not probably the most perfect example of that, uh, you know, nervous ticks kind of, you know, they're they're so lived in and natural and like they know the words so well that they are able to just like not think about that and just act too and really act in a natural way that makes it feel so alive and and real i don't know how else to, to describe that i'm kind of just saying what you already said but uh and diane weist has that i don't know what you call that so. yeah yeah now i will just say just because it bears mentioning that when it yeah. com- and, and i i i'm sure at some point we'll have opportunities to talk more about diane keaton oh but she certainly fall falls under the category for me of i hate her but i love her you know sure yeah I'm like part of me is just like oh my god this is just insufferable enough with the yelling enough with the clutching of your turtleneck oh 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 like enough of that exactly but then i'm like but don't you dare stop doing that yes you know (laughs) so it's really a conflicting moment of like i want you to stop but don't stop i have a very sadomasochistic relationship with diane keaton oh i think you and johnny have probably talked about it either on All Right, All right Mary or maybe like a Patreon episode, but the movie Because I Said So. Oh God, I'm so glad you're mentioning the name <laughs> Because I Said So. That movie is, that like movie is the worst thing I've ever trash. seen. It's the it's worst. It's so bad. It's it's so bad that it's like, I, I you have to put an effort into being this terrible. Like, this isn't... Even this the is, title... Even the title, and then the moment in the movie when she says, because I said so, is the worst. They're like, I think they're, um, is it the piano scene where they're all singing around the piano? Do you remember that when Mandy Moore just like freaks out for no reason? It's like this small moment that, uh, that it's really the only thing that I remember about that movie. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, I watched it recently, and I, I guess that probably is a repeated thing. She probably does say it more than once, but there's one moment where they're like at some store and she's like trying on, she wants her, one of the daughters to try on a dress and she's like, Oh mom, I don't want to, why do I have to do this? And Diane Keaton with the worst delivery of her career just puts her hands out and goes, because I said so it's, it's kind of like in Hocus Pocus when he says, ah, it's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. Sure. It's so you're saying the title for the trailer. Yeah. Kind of, which is gross in its own. I know own way um but back to uh <laughs> that's all right i mean yeah. i'll take a diane keaton oh yeah tangent any day yeah we haven't even but talked we don't about hanging up <laughs> yeah yeah hate her but i love her um i was trying to think of something else about the movie and now it's it's gone from me oh uh, that's all right though oh well so you um other than i mean i, I think we've sort of covered our 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 histories with Woody Allen. I am curious your history experience previous to this point of view on Ms. Diane Weiss. Oh, that's exactly where I was going to go to. Okay. You're just, you're just, uh, you're right on it. Perfect. Um, okay. So I, I, I was really racking my brain the other day trying to think of my first movie or like what I really remembered her in. And it's a kind of a later one really. And it's the movie. I am Sam. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. 
a, certainly a BSA type of role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I mean, oh, I love her. Yeah. Didn't get that Oscar nom. I feel like she was really gunning for it. Did I do she like even, Michelle Pfeiffer. Did she get a Golden Globe nom? I don't even know. Oh, well, guess uh, who's know. got the tab open? <laughs> I was just going to um, say. All right, so it would be the early roll, 2000s, right? Please. Um, I don't remember. Well, yeah, what year was that? I mean, I'm not seeing it, so I'm going to assume it's it did not happen. She did not get nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, I, which is, I mean, it is a role where it very well could have been, because I know that he got nominated. Mm. Um, uh, oh, he's Oscar, so brave. Yeah. I know, right? It's like playing gay. Sean so brave. Penn. Um, uh, Golden Globes. Yeah, I don't know if it got. Yeah. Oh, well. Interesting. You know, I either always, way. I always love to go back and like, cause I always, I, I have spent so much time looking at the Oscar nominations that I love to compare. And I can't wait to talk about it for this year for Hannah and her sisters, the nominations um, for the golden globes, or at least one of them. It's very surprising. Like, it's just, there's, it's like when I look at the BAFTAs and I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> yeah. choice. Sure. Hmm. Oh, that's different. You know, I, I love that. I love kind of those alternate choices because often, especially with the Golden Globes, I'm like, I have no idea what movie this is. And so, you know, I exactly. have to discover my new, you know, my new queen. Yeah. Uh, but beyond I Am Sam, of course, I think one of my, really one of my favorite Diane Weist <laughs> roles is in The Birdcage. Oh, I love her in The Birdcage so much. It is. She gives out a couple screams. I love when she screams. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, somebody has to like me best is... Yes, exactly. That's such a classic BSA moment. Oh, you know? it totally is. It's And um, that's the kind of role where, like, obviously, it's a it's a well-written movie, and it's well-directed and all that, but I... that Yeah, that role, and it does, like, I saw, like, a you know, the Broadway production of La Cage and that role mm-hmm. kind of just disappears. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Like it's there, but it's, I don't remember. It's, it's no, you know, Diane, no, Weist, Diane Weist. you know? Um, and I think that's the magic of her is that she takes that role. And like, not only does she get like a couple of funny lines, but uh, she, it's the way that she says, Kevin, you that I just. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sort of bite in her voice, that like stern bark that yes. she sometimes gets. Like, yes. I am on board. Oh, when the weast comes out. I just, <laughs> I just. The whistle tones. The whistle tones for the, the weastle tones. <laughs> the weastle. <laughs> you know, what I also love is I, and I want to cut you off on, on queening out on no, your, go, your go, weastian go. experience, but just. That the gays do appreciate Diane Weiss. They oh, get it. Of course. We're, we are supporting her. Just like, you know, Celia Weston last week. It's, oh, uh, the, the Weston. The Weston. The Weston. <laughs> well, we have the Golden Globes and the Oscars. We have the Weastons and the Westons. Oh, can you imagine like a buddy cop movie with like <laughs> Diane Weist and Celia Weston? Oh, my God. Can we make it happen? In our a, minds, we will. Bu- or we have. We have. A buddy cop, a sort of like a Cagney and Lacey remake, oh. but they're older, older, det- grizzled detectives. Diane yes. Weist. That never leave their house. That never leave <laughs> their <laughs> house. No, they're really just like a neighborhood watch at this point, but they're mostly Ooh, yes. watching out their window. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Celia yeah. Weston, Diane Weist. <laughs> Title to come. Title to come. Working on it. Yeah. yeah we're working on it. Um, but anyways. We're working on it. 
going back to just the gays loving Diane Weist, um, and and then your your history with Diane mm. Weist as well too, because I I'm ashamed I don't really know too much more other than Bullets Over Broadway I've seen once, which we will cover eventually, and yeah. uh, uh, my goodness, um, Johnny Depp movie, oh Edward uh, Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands, Edward Scissorhands. Yes, yeah, which she's great in that too. I have not seen Bullets Over Broadway, so Ooh, I'm very on. excited about that. No, knowing it's her other Oscar. Yeah. Um, I think my intro to her was probably Edward Scissorhands. I feel okay. like that's, and I remember like obviously there's so much about that movie, especially as a kid, that like just the visuals of it are so powerful, and like yeah. obviously like just the you know Edward Scissorhands himself. Like there's so many things to look at that to notice Diane Weist is is a feat, and yet I feel like. She always, like, as a kid, I remember hearing, like, the slight whistle tone of watching her and just, like, appreciating the the sweetness of the character and appreciating the kind of um, – there. it was like there was just that frequency. I just knew there was something different about her. And I it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, I, there's something about that Diane Weist when I was, like, five. But there was yeah. just something I was responding to and that I enjoyed. Um, and then I suppose probably it was – yeah, then it was the birdcage. And I remember, like, my mom – loves the birdcage so like great and loves that line like somebody has to like me best and so that kind of cemented i remember she was in this movie parenthood as well which she was nominated Mm -hmm. for a golden globe for um which i think my parent my mom may have had on like vhs but i never really saw it sure um and then yeah i am sam absolutely um there's something else oh oh the other movie that i think of her the most is probably uh rabbit hole oh my god yes yeah oh yeah because she I has mean, that line about monologue about the, the rock the, in your pocket yes. oh yes that to me i i refer to that at least once a day i refer someone to that monologue and the concept of that you know grief is a rock in your pocket it never goes away it just gets lighter you know yeah. and easier to carry and, and doesn't she say fun at the end i feel like she says fun she's oh um, there's like know. it's like the last line of that monologue, or maybe fine is what she says because I don't think anyone would say grief is fun. I think she's. I think it's fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And I think that monologue is actually longer in the play. They they mm-hmm. they might have cut it for the movie too. Um, yeah. She, or no, the monologue in the bowling alley is longer. Maybe. Uh, anyways, oh, sorry. I haven't I haven't seen the movie in a while. I'll have to see it again because I I'm keen to, a see more of Diane Weist, but b kind of. Go back and be like, okay, Nicole Kidman, do I like you in this movie? Are you right? Are you vulnerable right. enough? Can you break that face enough? You know? Yeah. Speaking of like, I don't want to say miscast, but someone. It's like last week too when we were talking about uh, who would we rather see rather than Amy Adams? Like, who mm-hmm. would we rather have seen in Rabbit Hole too? Because that's such a juicy role. Yeah, and maybe I maybe think... like a Kate Winslet or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know who. Yeah, I I want to. I feel like that role. Like, I mean, I think I don't know. I I've come to recognize. I was kind of thinking through the next few episodes I want to do and in the details and kind of thinking of ones I've done. And the running theme on that podcast is so often it's about mothers and moms. You know, like it's like mm-hmm. that is so much going back to that narrative. And I feel like I'm so obsessed with with the, a mother as a character. You know, like ev- yes. I, I could I could just talk about mothers in movies. You know, like I just think like. It's just a fascinating role. And, and and it's so obviously because, like, you know, I was more so raised by my mom and, mm-hmm. and surrounded by, like, moms, you know, like her mom friends and, like, 
um, school moms and all that. Like, I think that was just part of it dovetailed with the, with the, um, with the cataloging years was like all this time spent with moms and, you know, reading the, reading the books my mom was reading from the Oprah book club and things like that, like that was developing the aesthetic. And so, Oh, I say all of that to say that like this character of the grieving mother, it's like, Oh, I could spend all day thinking of actresses. I want to play that role, you know? Oh yeah, I mean we could have got a Tony Collette in there. We could have got gonna say, like, we could have got uh, Amy Ryan in there. We could have got like Oh, oh um, God. but I, with the moms, it's like I feel most comfortable in a room full of moms. Like that's like that's oh. my perfect afternoon sitting like it's <laughs> I remember very fondly uh an episode of All Right Mary when you talked about uh, you were talking about Zoe, I believe, and her wedding. <laughs> her wedding, and yeah. then sitting at her table with the with all of the ants, mm-hmm. and then you said, "See me with them ants," <laughs> and I almost drove off the road because I had to take a moment. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, um, I love but it. But yeah, moms, right? Uh, I I just I think like I remember when I was very young, like in middle school and high school, that I don't know if it was my mom or someone else. They're just like, "Oh, Nick, you're so good with moms." And if anyone tells you that. And you're a boy, you're gay. Oh, you're like, yeah, you are. You're that gay. is a surefire, uh, you know, red flag. Not even a red flag, uh, just no. a flag. Just a, yes, <laughs> just a, a, a bright rainbow flag. Yes. yes. If you're good with moms, yeah. um, you either are gay or you'd be great as a gay person. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. You're channeling. You're really yeah. channeling that energy. Yeah, she, I, I she was really tra- channeling her. <laughs> what, what is that from? You've quoted that a lot. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you knew. And no, I'm, I'm I glad know, you went along with it, and I know you know it. So it is basically, it is uh, season six of Drag Race <laughs> when they're talking about Adore Delano's performance as yes. uh, Nicole. What is it? Nicole. Um, uh, oh, oh, my gosh. oh, Anna Nicole Smith. Smith. Anna Nicole Smith, yes. Because I could hear um, RuPaul saying she was really channeling her. She was really channeling her. She's looking straight ahead, mm-hmm. not, of course, to her right or left, because she's no. just like duct tape into her seat. Right, um, right. And I just, but, I love yeah. that that's the quote that you hang on to. She oh, really I love that. Her. She was really channeling her. So, something else. Okay. One last thing about moms, and Diane, I just thought of this as we were going, because you said, you know, there's, I, I feel that there's a warmth to Diane Weist. I yes. think it's like those squinty eyes. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's it can't happen now because of her current state. But wouldn't you love to have seen a Diane Weist and Renee Zellweger movie? Oh. They're literally almost the same. Like I as mean, far as like, they look so much alike, but not so much anymore. Maybe like a little. Mother-daughter, you know? Yes, mother-daughter, drama. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how I, do you know the actress? I, I think we've talked about her, Elizabeth Marvel. Um she was the one who was in that Thirty Rock episode where they were they had the Fight Club in Liz's building. Oh yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna so, look her p- a picture up because I need to see her. Yeah. Like, Go when ahead. is she and when are she and Alice and Janney gonna play sisters in a movie? Oh yes, that needs yeah. to happen. As and well, like Stalker too. Channing yes. as well. You know, like I want the oh, three of them man. to play sisters in a movie. Stalker Channing in Greece pivotal moment for me as a young gay. My yeah. mom showed me Greece, and I was like, what? So, yeah, I feel great. like your Stalker Channing is my Shelly Winters. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Because there is yeah. there is that important like woman role. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I was so into Rizzo. Yeah. <sighs> well. Uh, well. Uh, so yeah. So that <laughs> is uh, that is just our our humble beginnings uh, with Diane Weist. Um, I am looking through her filmography. If there's anything else I know, I don't think so. I mm-hmm. did see her in Madison Square Park performing some like. Samuel Beckett piece where she was like buried in a rock 
um, which I have video oh, yes. of. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and that I was t- on Lady Watch. They, I think they talked about it on Lady Watch. I mean, that is yeah. what you cover on Lady Watch. That That's is- what you cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I filmed a little of it. I should send it to you because I think I got like the ending and like with like a silent oh. scream. It was great. Um, yeah, that. so Diane Weist is... Um, yes, I love that the gays get it. I love that they see that there's something about this lady. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of what you were saying and kind of, you know, I think what we're taking away from this performance and all of her performances is like, it's that it doesn't feel like acting energy, like Sandy Dennis, where it's like, it just doesn't feel like you're acting. You're this. It's too like lived in to feel rehearsed. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, or to be planned out. Like it just, there's a naturalism to it. Uh, you know, I think about like in this movie, for example, like the first moment we see her, like it did, I knew immediately the way that she was eating, the way that yep. she like touched her ear and was kind of laughing at her at what she was saying. It was like, oh yeah, nope, best supporting actress. Like I'm getting yeah. the whistle tone immediately. I mean, we're gonna get to it, but that round table lunch scene. Oh, oh, it that's that is a that is a great scene. That is heaven for me. I I wanted that to go on for at least twenty more minutes because oh, I yeah. was the camera work. We'll get to it. We will mm-hmm. get to it. Um, one last thing. This is like a real life Diane Weist story. Um, I've not met her, um, mm-hmm. but my friend Jeff, we we had a falling out. Jeff and I, we went to college together, and we <laughs> both moved to New York over a boy, of course. <gasps> oh no! Gays in their twenties. Am I right, ladies? Gays in their twenties. Um, Jeff, if you're listening, let's let's bury the hatch here. Uh, we're fine. But anyways, he worked at a company. Um, a theater company, I can't remember what it was, but they were doing, it was Diane Weist and Alan Cumming. Uh, Cummings? Anyways. Alan Cumming? Yeah, I don't know why Alan I want to Cumming? put an S on that. Yeah, it might yeah. be Cummings. It doesn't matter. It's Cumming. Um, they were doing a production of The Seagull. Um, so oh, they yeah. were, uh, and there was like an after party for after opening night, and of course, I think they were, they might have been at a bar or maybe some swanky apartment, and Jeff was there, and Diane was, you know, just walking around all squinty-eyed, and, um, she uh alan cumming offered her like a pipe a pot to smoke Mm -hmm. and she's like and just like i can picture her saying this. she picks it up and she picks up the lighter and she's like alan i don't know how to work this thing and i was like (laughs) yes diane Diane weist it's so great i just want to smoke a bowl with diane weist i mean can you imagine and just that would be yeah and just ask her about her process (laughs) yeah Exactly. That's what I want. I that's that's the life I want is that I can just sit down. We could sit down with an actress, get high with her, and just be like, okay, tell us about how you Everything. do what you do. Tell us yeah. about the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, but anyways, it, indulge us. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, well, I think you know we we might as well dive on in, and as we usually do, um, give a moment of appreciation to her fellow nominees. Yeah. In, uh, this is, of course, for the the Oscars for 1986, um, and uh, I have to tell you, at the outset, I have very little say about any of these performances in that I've seen none of them, but for the record, her, Diane Weist's fellow nominees were Tess Harper for Crimes of the Heart, Piper Laurie for Children of a Lesser God, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio for The Color of Money, and Maggie Smith for a room with a view. Yeah. Um, do you, I have, I remember reading the play Crimes of the Heart a long time ago, but that is, yeah. 
the ex- and I saw Piper Laurie and Carrie. Um, of course. And That's you know, the network here, right? What's being <laughs> straight, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, is it or is there something else? I remember I thought Beatrice Strait and Piper Laurie, that was like the same year. Oh, yes. Year. Yes, it was. Yes. It was the same year. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Good eye. Um, and obviously we all know Maggie Smith. Um, I'm curious. What is your, what's your familiarity with any of these movies, actresses? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, unfortunately. I, I have not read Crimes of the Heart. I remember, uh, I, I know of it, of course. Tess Harper, my Lord, she is like, uh, she could be Jessica Lange's identical twin in this movie. She oh yeah, channeling so much of that energy, um, a southern sort of Spitfire. At least from the clips that I watched on YouTube, I I don't know the play as well as I should, um, but that's really all that I know about Tess Harper. I don't believe she was nominated for anything else uh, in her career, but um, probably because Jessica Lange stole all her parts. Because yeah, I know, they right? So much alike. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, she um, looks like she was nominated for a Golden Globe for uh, oh. Tender Mercies in 1983. Okay. I know I've seen her in something. I know the name Tess Harper. I've probably seen her in, like, some TV movie. I'm, like, going... Actually, it's funny you say that. I don't think this is what you're looking for, but she was just recently in the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, like the newest one that came out on Netflix. Oh. Probably I... looking a lot different, obviously, than probably. she did in 1986. But uh, I don't know what she played. Yeah, but, I... Uh, I do. Oh, you know what I know her from? I, well, A, I know her from Amityville 3D, which is like <laughs> one of her first movies, which is um, also has a young Meg Ryan in it. Uh, oh. I know, right? Uh, she also has a really interesting role in No Country for Old Men. Oh, not seen it. It's a, it's dark. It's not, it's more of a men's movie than a woman's movie. Sure, but yeah. she, and she only has a couple of scenes, but she's like an integral part of the ending. Um, and I always love that. Um, I think other than that, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's all I have to say about Tess. Tess Hopper, I mean, she yeah, she had quite a, a TV and film career. So yeah. she's not, you know, she's not starving for a paycheck. Oh, look at exactly. all those. She, she you know, Listen, she got nominated for a Cable Ace Award in 1994. So <laughs> Sounds like a Jenna Maroney line. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I they know, said that right? before. Um, she won a few awards for No Country for Old Men as well. Good for her. Oh, great. Um, anyway, sorry, go on. Um, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, I don't know her from any of her film stuff, but I do know her from, uh, Broadway. She was, she's had, um, some really great roles. I think the thing that sticks out for me, the role is she played Aldonza in the revival of Man of La Mancha, mm-hmm. um, which was a while back. I remember I did that show in college in 2004. My God, that's 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I remember listening to that soundtrack a lot. And she's great. Um, mm-hmm. She has a really great voice. Uh, I, I watched a couple clips of The Color of Money. I mean, this is, uh, it's kind of like a Paul Newman vehicle. He won yeah. leading actor for this movie. It's kind of like side chick girlfriend. Maybe she has a scene that, but it wasn't on YouTube. So I didn't know if there was like a BSA moment. But right. that's what I was picking up. That's what I was wondering. That's what I knew about the role was it was like, you know, tough, you know, sidekick girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and I was curious, like that kind of role, it's it, it's not a typical nominated role, you know? Yeah. So it's like, what did she do differently? What was it about that performance that was good enough to nominate? Like, was there a moment? So I'm, I'm certainly curious. Listeners listening, you know, uh, let a bitch know at the BSA pod at gmail.com. <laughs> I wonder if it was just like she was riding the coattails of 
the success of that movie and they gave her a nomination for it because right. it seemed, um, I mean, at least for Paul Newman, a good year uh, for that movie specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what year the salad dressing started coming out, but I bet that was a good year too. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, and the Newman's own frozen pizzas are delicious. Ooh. I mean, young Paul Newman. Young Paul delicious. Newman. Oh my God. Yeah. Hot for Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It's, I feel like we've, and I feel like we've talked about this before, and I know Johnny and I have talked about this in All Right, Mary, but it's like Googling actors, British actors in the 60s who are oh. like old now, like Peter O'Toole in the 60s. Yes. Maybe we yeah. talked about it on this podcast, but ugh, are you There's kidding a, me? I know. There are a lot of them. Yeah. Um, even Gene Kelly. I'm really oh, Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. I mean, or Gene Kelly's butt, more Gene, specifically. Yeah. Well, there's a blog that's like GeneKelly'sButt.tumblr.com, and it's just oh different screen grabs. It, it, I mean. I know. We can pause now if you need to go look at it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. Um, so, yes, I uh, – no, Piper Laurie, have you seen Carrie? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Great. I actually have, yeah. I am – and of course, the moment has passed, but I was going to do back in season one of The No Good, Very Bad Gay, I was going to do an episode about Carrie with my good friend Kate, mm. who loves, she's like a Stephen King fanatic and loves the movie. And we just never got around to it because of scheduling. So um, I did see it. And my Lord, she's fantastic in it. Yeah. It is, it is definitely, it's, I mean, Beatrice Strait, but also Piper Laurie. That's going to be a great episode. I know. I was yeah. I was oh, thinking about good. like, you know, oh, what are we going to do next? And I thought, well, somewhere down the line, we got to do that. I know. I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. I, mean, I know. I'm savoring yeah. it a little bit. I have some ideas, but we'll talk about it offline. Oh, right. Um, you know, you know, that's, I mean, that is like the greatest joy of my life is who are we going to talk about next? <laughs> I know. I really, <laughs> oh, it's um, such a thrill. It's such a thrill. <laughs> uh, and obviously, you know, Maggie Smith, but had you seen, you haven't seen A Room with a View? No, I have not. Mm, same, um, same, same. Yeah, it's an it's a novel by E. M. Forster. Helena Bonham Carter's in it. Judy Dench is in it, which is great. Great cast. Seems like a love story mm. set in Italy. Um, a lot of Puccini arias being played in the background. That's kind of what I um, gathered from it. Um, I do want to go back to Piper Laurie just for a moment because I did find this one beautiful scene. Oh, uh, yeah, with Marley Matlin and her. I do want to see this movie because I know Marley Matlin. Matlin, excuse me, uh, one best actress for this as well, too. But mm -hmm. it's have you seen this clip that I'm talking about? No, <clears throat> oh, I haven't really okay. seen anything from Children of a Lesser I God. I think you'll really, this is, I can see why she was nominated for this, too. It's like, there's this beautiful clip of Piper Laurie and Marley Matlin. And Piper Laurie plays her mother. And, of course, they're signing to each other. Which, there's something about that, the signing, that really elevates the scene, too, in a kind of... Um, yeah, I, I I just trailed off into the ether there. But anyways, <laughs> um, so the the plot basically is that I guess they sent Marley Matlin away when she was younger because her father was so uh, embarrassed and did not know what to do with her, like his daughter who was deaf, and maybe they sent her to a special school. But there's this dynamic with, between Piper Laurie, too, that um, Piper Laurie kind of hates Marley Matlin's character because she also like interrupted like she just basically ruined their marriage like right. um and 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 she she's like i hated you and there's some um sign language that isn't translated like piper laurie's like kind of saying out loud what's being signed for the audience and there's some where like the, whatever the sign is for hate like she does it but you already know what it is because you just saw it in the line before and it's so 
beautifully executed. It's a really great scene. I, I would suggest at least watching that too. It's one of those like movie clips, six out of seven. You oh, know, God. there's like five out of seven, six. It's, and then there's that little you know, like, that little menu at the end. The doodle doodle. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you've never, if you don't know what we're talking about, you better just pack it up now because uh, you gotta you, find another podcast. Yeah, you're you're sitting in the wrong diner, sweetheart. You know? <laughs> uh, yes, but I I frequent those very often. Oh, and it's a good source for this podcast, to be honest. They they, they capture some good scenes. So they do. Yeah, no, but that's I, a really great scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies that, like, especially if Marley Matlin's won the Oscar, like, I think it would be cool to see. Yeah. Uh, you know what that's all about. Um, yeah, I mean, Piper Laurie, I think, is amazing in Carrie. And so I feel like yes. Piper Laurie is amazing. Like, she's a really great yeah, actress. Yeah, like end so, of sentence period. Yeah, 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 end of sentence period, exactly. But, uh, you know, and A Room With A View, that's like the kind of movie that I'd be like, oh, I bet I wouldn't be into this. And then, yeah. like, I watch it and I'm like, fuck, this is powerful. And it's like, yeah, that's why everyone says it's a great movie. Or that's why everyone says it's a great story, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of keen i think like looking at each of these nominees like that feeling of having not seen the movie it's like the reason to see it is like i guess it's kind of like the color of money i would see to understand why this girlfriend role elevated to like an oscar nomination yeah a a room with a view i want to understand i want to see like this prestige movie and what's so great about it yeah Children of a Lesser God, I just want to see because Piper Laurie, because the performances. And Crimes of the Heart, I mean, I'm familiar with the story. Uh, that's probably the one I'm like least like, oh, I want to go see that again, or I want to see that. But It reminds me of um, Fried Green Tomatoes or something yeah. like that. The same vibe. Also, um, Diane Keaton is in Crimes of the Heart. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's she r- plays one of the sisters. I oh, think. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Um, so... I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, it's I mean, there. It, I like to see, you know, I, I want to eventually have seen enough Diane Keaton movies to be able to create a scale of, like, how how much yelling and how, much, how many how many times she goes, oh, oh, you know? and Yeah, just like it, a turtleneck scale. Four, totally. four out of five turtle. Four, yeah, yeah, four out of five turtlenecks. You know, how many times does she, um, yeah, how many times does she shake her hair and scream? Oh, yeah. You know, like First, First Wives, Wives Club, Club is a lot. Oh, my God. It's... I think that might be a peak on yeah. your scale. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, it's <laughs> just too much. Oh, my God. It's just too but much. just enough all at the just same time. Just enough. Um, and oh, as mentioned great. before, Hanging Up has a – have you seen Hanging Up? No. I've oh. never even heard of that. Oh, my God. Meg Ryan. I think – Diane Keaton directed it, but it's co-starring Meg Ryan and Lisa Kudrow. Oh. And they play three sisters, and Walter Matthau plays their father, and he's like, he's like this, you know, he's always been, I don't remember his whole story, but he's dying. And so they have to, like, these three very different sisters have to come together to take care of their sick dad. And so, of course, like, the trailer had this scene of them, like, opening, like, a sliding door and, like, seeing their dad in bed with somebody and the three of them just being like, oh, 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 and, like, just, like, th- and, like, just tr- trying to get away from me. Like, it's it, it goes on way too long. Of course. Um, and then they trip over something. Totally. Something shatters. Uh, totally. But because it's Diane Keaton at the helm, there's nobody to say, okay, this is too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. And That's I'm like, her master class. Yeah, right? It's like, no, you're in Diane's house, and in this house, we overreact. <laughs> 
It's like those things on Instagram with those master classes with like Judy Bloom and like Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it's, yeah, Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah, totally. She's, it's just all in one. Joyce Carol Oates. Oh my God, her eye sockets. I look right at those sockets every time. She, they are so sunken in. It's magnificent. I love I her. I, I want to buy it just to look at her for like an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah, um, but so I just picture Diane Keaton in a white turtleneck, all white background. This and this is my master class of just uh, you know right. teaching people how to overreact. And then she has these moments like, "Oh my god, I'm just crazy. Oh my, oh, this is crazy." Like she has lots of moments of that. I bet. Oh, yes, this yes. is an SNL skit. Is Diane Keaton's master class? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, put that out in the universe. Whoever has any connection to SNL or any anything, sort of... just make this dream happen. Yeah, if they can do Liza Minnelli turning on a lamp, they can do Diane Keaton's masterclass. That is hands down one of the best sketches they've ever done. It's, it's so really silly. bizarre and it yeah. works. The oh, whole fucking Kristen thing Wiig works. Makes it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, it's so good. Um, it's great. Anyway, so those are, of course, you know, the fellow nominees uh, and and some other fabulous performances we talked about along the way. Uh, I, as per usual, we like to, you know. Give a bit of airtime to the to the actual winner and their acceptance speech. So, uh, without further ado, this is Diane Weist accepting her Oscar for Hannah and her sisters. And the winner is Diane Weist and Hannah and her sisters. I imagine what it would be in the bathtub. <laughs> um, I first of all want to say how very proud I am to be nominated with four women whose work is so wonderful. And I'm still um, making a movie with Woody, my fourth movie with him, so um, I'm still working with the same people I worked with in Hannah, the same crew, the same cameraman, the same designers, the same great cinematographer, Carlo De Palma, um, the same producer, Bobby Greenhut, the same drivers, we're all there. And um, I think on behalf of all of us, and also on behalf of the actors, Maureen O'Sullivan, Lloyd Nolan, uh, Barbara Hershey, and beautiful Mia Farrow, thank you. My mom, my brothers, my family, and my dearest friend, Sam Cohn. Thank you very much. That was, that, was a, that was a nice speech. I think that was a perfectly was. fine speech. Yeah. I think so, too. Not overly... I think she said something. This is how it... I, I didn't picture it like this when I was in the bathtub or something. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But yeah. 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 Uh, she kind of did a quintessential perfect speech. She had a funny little bit like that of, like, it's not how I pictured it, like, in a mundane situation when I was just like you. I'm a celebrity just like you. Sure. Um, and then recognizing that, as we just did, recognizing her fellow nominees... Um, saying a few thank yous, speaking on behalf of the cast, you know, like uh, promoting the next movie. Like she, I think she. Yeah, she's really doing it her, own, her own marketing there. Yeah, she really got it all covered. And um, I mean, it, I kind of feel like who doesn't like Diane Weist? Like why? Yeah, she seems like such a gem of a woman. Yeah, yeah. I really, um, oh, I could watch her do anything. Yeah. And she was 38. Uh, when this uh, came out too, which I feel is like such a great 
age. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm only 33, but I feel like 38 is going to feel real good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am, I'm a couple months from 35 for my Bobby okay. baby 35th birthday, as I've been calling it. And, Ooh. um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that. Uh, my Bobby baby 35th. And so I, um, I'm so excited about it. I have been dreaming of my mid thirties my entire life. Same, right? Right. I, it feels so right. It's like you are, I don't know, how would you put this into words? But I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I think I've sense. always pictured like someone like 36, for example, like I'll be 35, but you know, that age range is like, to me, it was this sense of like someone who's like an adult with their shit together. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm excited to just be in that. Like, I think I'm, I feel like I've, I'm earning 36. I feel like, okay, yeah, no, I'm an adult. I do have my shit together. And it, I don't know. It's, um, I haven't it's figured like a it piece out. piece of fruit. You're like ripening just to like, it's like this yeah. whole way up to there is like, it's not ready yet. And then 38 hits. And then you're just like, you have a couple, <laughs> I mean, hopefully more than that. Yeah. Like right. Five really great years of like late thirties, early forties. And then you just start to rot. <laughs> and I just rot away. I know. And then I just, it just gets mushy. Yeah. Yeah. It's that I peach mean, in the refrigerator in the back that you just keep looking at, but totally. can't throw away yet. Though I'll tell you what I'm also really excited about is my forties. Oh, oh, they're going to be so fo- good. <laughs> I know. They're going to be so good. I don't even know how good 46 is yet. You know? Oh. I'm looking forward to like 42. I always loved that number. Same. And I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. Yeah, and you know, I'll I'll even I'll even go so far as to say I'm not afraid of like a 52. I think there's a something 52. About, yeah, there's oh, something yeah. about that. I'm like, yeah, 52. Like <laughs> Your shoulders going back. Yeah, I know. I got my shoulder. Like, yeah, I got my 52 shoulder. Got on. a shimmy and a shake. I, it's I like, gotta, uh, yeah, ah, <sighs> yeah. I just imagined it too, and I. Especially this time of year. I can't wait to be 40 in the fall. Right. That's what it is. I definitely want to be like younger in the summer and older in the winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like uh, yeah. settling in. I love it. Well, and like the desire to like age well. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what it is. It's like, oh, I don't want to just be 46. I want to be like a good 46. Like yeah. healthy and not just like appearance wise, but like I don't, I want to, if I, I want to like, if I, I want to be doing yoga and get the creaks and the cricks out. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. We got to keep moving. Keep just moving. like Michelle Obama tells us to. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on yeah just keep moving. And just, you know, I feel like this is the advice some third character in the Weston and Weist duo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like their drama. young gay best friend that just like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Pushes them to like try Bikram yoga for the first time. Totally. It's like you need to get out of the house. Like, oh, oh, I, Daniel, we can't. Or whatever yes. his name is. Yeah. Did I tell you my pitch for like, I really want this. Maybe this is like, these are two out of the maybe five or six actors. I feel like I've, I've talked about this possibly about, I want to write a movie about like five or six old women women of a certain age that are all like <laughs> like ushers in a theater like and just have separate <laughs> <No>. lives <laughs> those and women maybe... are such characters oh you can imagine it already like, i feel like celia weston and diane weist are perfect for this movie yeah. so um i don't know what it's called but like maybe you know the big dramatic storyline would be like one of their husbands passes away and the rest of them you know, come to their aid, but there is like a big conflict before, like between two of them. And... Oh, Nick, I have to tell you, I know the tagline for this movie. What is it? The show must go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. 
And I don't know if it's like a movie theater or maybe just like a, a you know, like a Broadway theater because you see those old ushers and uh-huh. Keon and I always joke that that's going to be us when we're older because you get to see a show. You, you get, get to out see of a show. House. Mm-hmm. You get to yell at people. Yes. There's a yeah. sense of community and they're all like, you know, they all go out for a glass of wine. Right. A glass of wine. <laughs> or like a, a decaf coffee afterwards, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we'll get we'll get working on that right away. So, uh, well, there was that movie, and then we can get back to Diane Weiss. But wasn't there yes. that old cheerleaders movie um, oh. called like Pom Poms or something? I think Celia Weston was in it. Oh, Ooh, wow! I, am I just am, had a stroke, but I think I know what you're talking about. Maybe am I making this up? I'm like IMDbing from my. I palms. feel like um, <gasps> I feel like what's her face is going to be in it. Uh, what's her name? Oh, you're going to lose your mind. I'm like dying because it's Tell all me. we've talked about. Tell okay, me. so it stars Diane Keaton. <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy. I think we have to see this movie. Uh, okay. Rhea Perlman's in it. Of Pam course. Greer is in it. Perfect. Um, Celia Weston is in it. Uh, <sighs> you may remember a little actress known as Jackie Weaver's in it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is just... What's happening? So uh, what's it called? It's called Palms, P-O-M-S. Oh, and it's, it's a comedy about a group of women who form a cheerleading squad at their retirement community, proving you're never too old to bring it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> too old to bring it. Oh, it looks um, like there might even be a gay in it. Who's this? Interesting. Someone named Ben who looks young. And then, of course, just thrown in there for good measure is Mary Steenburgen, just because she's always in those movies. Oh, of course. Well, she was in Best Book Best Supporting Club. Actress winner, Mary Steenburgen. Oh, for Melvin and Howard, yeah. right? Um, she is, unfortunately, not in this movie. No, I know. I'm just oh, kidding. Because I feel fa- like she yeah. was in, like, Book Club or something like she that. She was in Book Club. She, she wasn't quite aged up enough for it, like, but she fits in just fine. Like, she has the prestige of being a best actress or best supporting actress winner. Maybe right. she's well liked. I feel like she is. Her and she's, Ted Danson. Yeah, people like her, it, it, but yeah. it's like Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen. Like, they're just like the, the sort of you know these huge names, and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, Mary Steenburgen, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I sure. I guess Mary can come. You know, I guess yeah. yeah. I guess we need a fourth. Um, yeah. Poor Mary Steenburgen. Anyway, <sighs> I think that we, I mean, I don't think anyone has been nominated for anything for this movie, but I feel like we just need to do a special episode on Palms eventually. I feel like we might. It's it's a, it's definitely a Lady Watch sort of movie, and it's definitely a BSA pod. It is. Oh, my God. movie. Someone needs to be talking about this movie, and here we are. Yeah. It's our life's okay. work. It's our All life's right. work. Um, so, Diane Wiest in Hannah and Her Sisters. Uh, let's as you know, let's dive into. I, I'll tell you this: there are elements of this movie, like the Michael Caine stuff. I was just like, oh god, this is creepy. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like that he's cheating on his wife. I don't like that he's not telling her. Like, like I was feeling very skeevy about all of that. Yeah, the, it felt like horny Englishman, like just kind of doing his thing, and he looks crazy. Like, yeah, and he won Best Supporting Actor this I year. I know. I was just about to say that. Uh, fine. Fine, yeah, I yeah. guess. I found him really annoying and mm-hmm. um, very predatory. Like, I think the story that was told about him and Lee and and the way that he was, n- n- like, mentally navigating how he was going to seduce Lee 
Um, and he's like, oh, you gotta be really careful about these things. It was just like, I feel like I'm listening to a leaked Access Hollywood tape, you know? Yeah, and like sort of the the gaslighting of Hannah. It's like, you're crazy. Like, stop, stop hounding me and just yelling at her. And I'm just like, you're a psycho. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole idea that they're gonna just like, he's never gonna tell her what he did and they're just gonna go on and he's, yeah. and, and now he loves her and he's learned his lesson. It's like that to me, I was like, fuck this movie. Yeah, um, and he came so close to telling her too. I do love the inner monologue of Woody Allen movies. I think mm-hmm. that's such a special sort of, uh, I don't know, addition to his movies that really are fun, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think where that has works really, really well in this movie is with Diane Weist, especially in that car scene where she's in the oh, back yeah. seat. Because yes. it's just about, like, I, it's, the, it's the reading her face while she's having that inner monologue. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I and I think that with like an actress like her, every little like micro adjustment of her facial expressions is interesting or is and telegraph something. So the matching up of the monologue with her just like staring out the window and like just the, like this is the physicality of these thoughts that yeah. that was really interesting with her. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. And, and really, it's like these scenes. It's like, how do we want to go through this? Is it just um Picking it, out some some the big ones. I mean, I feel like we know the big moments here. Yeah, the ones that are. I feel yeah. like you know. Obviously, I think you know. We'll the the lunch scene. I think we'll definitely zoom in on. But let's Oof. you know before we go because that's. I think there's a lot of meat there. I. I feel like there was a, there was another moment where I was like, oh, this. This well, is my like, other moment. Oh, go ahead. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. It no, was the when her and Hannah are shopping for a dress. And yes. that's also really great for me. I, I really like that a lot. But there's also the record store scene with Woody Allen mm-hmm. when he when they meet up again. I thought she was v she was very likable and charming in that scene for sure. Or just like their date twenty five or like ten years beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, the date really beforehand. Yeah. The, I mean I to me, like, this was one of those movies where, well, there is the lunch scene. There isn't, like, a single moment. It really is, like, a performance yeah. that, like, when the movie's over, you're like, oh, okay, I totally see what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, for me, like, it, it's even in the first scene. It's even in that, like, you know, those first interactions where we're just kind of, like, getting kind of acclimated to her. Yeah. And kind of what it reminds me of is... um when she's kind of asking for money and she's eating the fruit and she's like, no, I haven't had drugs. I haven't taken drugs in over a year. And like the way that she's acting, it's like the youngest sister in August Osage County. There's that scene when they're setting the table when she, when Karen, when she first shows up and she has this whole monologue about the boyfriend and her life in Florida. And it's, it's all kind of being entertained by the older sister and it's all kind of being listened to, but it's, it's being maybe believed but not fully trusted. And, like, that's kind of, like, that sort of unawareness, I think, Mm -hmm. Diane Wiest plays really well. That she's, that I think she doesn't realize how much she's not selling the stories that she's telling. Yeah, that's a a great way to put it. I, I, I really also love that the movie is called Hannah and Her Sisters and not, like, Lee and Her Sisters or even Holly. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just sounds better it rolls out the tongue better but i really think that the more i mean i don't want to say that 
I mean, I I feel we have to give some props to Mia Farrow and Barbara Hershey too, just to like shine a little bit of light on them too, because mm-hmm. Mia Farrow is sort of like this, even though she is a quote unquote like successful actress, like she had a good run. I can't remember what play they were. Oh, Doll's like House. The cherry, okay, I was going to say The Cherry Orchard. Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. Um, so she is a, but she's kind of dowdy and frumpy the whole time too. It's like this sort of yeah. the way that they portray her. Um, yeah, it was sort of like surprised to hear, oh, she's an actress because there's something very like, yes, like tired mom. Yes, <laughs> really tired yeah, mom. I, yeah. Uh, it, and it's interesting. I mean, Mia Farrow, having seen her and just talked about her recently in yeah. Rosemary's Baby is is kind of how like I think about like how Mia Farrow has been, you know, now for like at least in terms of best supporting podcast has been the pillar for a best supporting actress to kind of um bounce off oh, of. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, and I think in some ways and and to talk about that dress scene, I think that what Diane Weist is doing and that scene the energy that she's playing and the way that Mia Farrow is kind of um volleying with her but playing the the smaller energy it's the same way that she interacted in some ways with ruth gordon in rosemary's baby where mia farrow it's the way that she says oh oh really oh oh, okay oh why is that like there's a lot of her moving the scene along in a kind of interesting quirky way but it's allowing this kind of weird wackadoo energy to kind of orbit around that you know yeah she's like a dramatic straight man if that makes yes. sense yeah yeah like she's she's such an interesting like stable energy um that kind of makes me more and more interested in mia farrow and seeing more of what Same. she's doing you know honestly she's she's so solid in this and i think she i i love when that she keeps an even keel and i think that go, that goes it's partially because of what you're just saying i don't think she she can necessarily do that because then it's just two people at the same energy rather than like volleying back and forth. And sometimes she raises her voice just a little, especially mm-hmm. at the lunch scene, mm-hmm. but it's always um, uh, thought out and it's never like uh, irrational. It's it's just like, oh, I, I, I thought I've been very patient with you. I've given you money when you asked for it. And you know, what? if you want to go right, then right. That's fine. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just that sort of, uh, yeah, I think she's a great actress, Mia. Yeah, the way that she, I mean, going back to that idea of, like, interpreting Woody Allen's scripts and, like, bringing that dialogue to life and finding that rhythm. I mean, the thing is he writes, he often writes so many of his characters to have it the edge of the same neurosis that he has. Like, there yes. is a, there is a bit of that, like, every character in his world stutters a little bit, you know? And, yeah. you know, all of them have a, a either a weird nervousness or a total calmness, you know, like thinking of mm-hmm. his friend in LA and Joanna Gleason's character, like uh, Bobby, I think the, the ex partner was Bobby, baby, Bobby, baby, uh, which is funny <laughs> because I feel like there's a similar character in Annie Hall of like the friend in LA. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this is like a there Woody is. Allen thing is like, Oh, meanwhile, my, my Hollywood friend in LA, you know, he cuts to somebody driving in a convertible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like, um, I don't know why I was bringing them up, but, uh, oh, just that, like, that's, I've, I've seen that either his characters are nervous or they're, like, cool as a cucumber and kind of, like, the nervous characters are bouncing off of that. Um, and this movie just had a lot of, uh, Michael Caine was nervous, all the men were nervous, you know? Yeah, um, they are. They're twitchy, sort of neurotic. Yeah. Uh, Except for I Diane mean, Weiss, I think she was, like, she was the, the nervy, the nervous, twitchy woman in the movie. Yeah, um, 
there i i want to talk about barbara hershey uh, just for the sake of, i mean oh, we've of never course. had we've never had the black swan conversation you and i but i mean uh, keon and i on the daily say then it's garbage and oh then my toss the cake into the i mean it is we just did a, a matreon episode of black I swan did. yes and actually it was just about barbara hershey in black swan good and, <laughs> i mean that's uh yes and when someone is and when rider um did you suck his cock? <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, mom. <laughs> it's a <But> quote. <laughs> I I did not until I saw this. I I did not know that Barbara Hershey was Barbara Hershey. I guess if that makes sense. I knew mm-hmm. she wasn't Black Swan, but I never knew her real name. So when I saw her, I was just looking at the cast list before I started the movie, and I looked on IMDb, and I had like a. I had a moment. I was oh. like, what? They're the same person. <laughs> so I was really excited. I was keen to ask if you had seen Black Swan, if you had like had made the Barbara Hershey connection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, she is amazing in Black Swan. I mean, yes. No, it's funny because like that uh, Johnny and I have often said on All Right, Mary. Well, it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. And um, it's, gar- it's our favorite. Yeah. I love when she said Oh, it, it's our favorite. Yeah. Johnny and I were talking about this. We're like, I I had created a shot in my mind of her throwing the cake in the trash. And then when I finally uh, watched it, I was like, oh, no, it never goes in the trash. They eat it. Like it, hovers, right? it hovers, right? It hovers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. I Like that and that moment when um, Nina comes back from being at the bar and she's drunk and she talks about, like, you know, having sex with somebody. And then uh, her mother goes, shut your mouth. And, like, yes. Ugh, it's it's that, like a roar. Oh, Barbara Hershey is incredible in that movie. Yeah. And she's uh, great in this too. It's Oh like, yeah. I oh. really I want to pose the question, but I mean obviously we can't. It's not revisionist history here, but like I think any three of these women could have won a best supporting actress Oscar for this. But why do you think <clears throat> I mean this is why we're having the conversation, but what is it about Diane Weiss that makes it maybe just a little bit more so than mm. Barbara Hershey or because, I mean, I love that Barbara Hershey and uh, uh, the fight in the kitchen with uh, with Frederick, the guy's yeah. name. Yeah, with, yeah. Yeah, with her, with the, the I love a good kitchen boyfriend. fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a great question. I think that really is, like, at, at the crux of, like, you know, why we're picking this one is, like, and, yeah. and having these examples right there in the movie. Like, why why was Diane Weist singled out? Like, I I think Barbara Hershey got nominated for a BAFTA um Oh, good. Okay. You know, Diane Weist got nominated for a Golden Globe as well. I do have that other Go- Golden Globe nom I want to mention after all this. But um, I think it's because – I think it's because there is something uh, – for me watching these performances, there's something about, like, the constant sense of, like, conflict and trying to, you know, as she says in our, our opening theme, latch on to something in her life. Yeah. And – her persistence with that. I think there's something about Holly that feels very fully realized as a woman, as someone who is trying to find her path and trying to find something that like speaks to her and that she can, that she can be fluent in. And it, it just feels very, very lived in. Whereas I think Barbara Hershey's character and the way that those story, that those scenes feel, it can be a little bit more removed or a little bit more like, we're kind of watching this plot unfold in Lee's life. Whereas it with Holly, we're kind of just watching Holly process and react to her life, you know? Yeah. I think there's just so much more in this movie about the way Holly is navigating her life versus with Lee. It's like what's happening to her. 
Yeah, I, I, I love the line where, I mean, should we get into the lunch scene? Is it too early? I kind of no. want to. I yeah. think I think let's let's do it because I, I really actually think that's where that's like the best moment in this movie. It's where yeah. I kind of let go of whatever other gripes I was holding on to because it was just this really beautifully shot feature of women acting. Yeah, and there's like an entirely different rhythm to the three sisters too. I love mm-hmm. that the the, 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 the dy- not the dynamic, but um, I like you said before, there's a rhythm to Woody Allen, and there's just like uh, talking over each other, interrupting, and just like piping in for a moment. And at this point, there's so much bubbling beneath the surface. Like Barbara Hershey or Lee, her character, still hasn't told, or still is just grappling with the fact that she's cheating on her. Wait, yeah, there. How do I say this? She's cheating with. Mia Farrow's husband. Yes. Uh, you know, oh, what's his face? What's yeah. his nuts? The creepy guy. <clears throat> yeah, Michael Caine. What's Michael his character's Kane. name? Why am I like blanking? Uh, He's a Elliot. man. Elliot. Elliot. Which I really right. actually love that name a lot, Elliot. Um, yeah, it makes me think of E.T. Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so there's, there's things that she has to be playing. And then there's the age old argument that just keeps on happening that I could honestly listen to forever because it's a continuation of the, uh, the dress scene is that, um, you know, that Holly thinks that Hannah is constantly trying to undermine her success or to take her down a notch, which is I really not the case, or at least it doesn't seem like it. Um, yeah, it's definitely like, that feels very realistic of, of, being sisters and having these sensitivities and flying yes. off the handle about something that's not real at all, but you're just like harboring something from 20 years ago or whatever dynamic they have that like they keep hitting these roadblocks. Yeah. And she's like, boy, you really know how to cut me down. Don't you? She's like, uh, I think that might've been the coat scene, but um, there's some, I actually laugh at Diane Weiss when she's in those moments. There's something comedic about the way she's like, boy, you really think I'm a loser, don't you? Yeah. She's like, it's uh, like, I, I chuckled. Um, and that is a, that you can't, I'm trying to picture another actress that can do that. And I think that's really the core mm-hmm. of this is like, can, could another actress have done this same role and been just as charming and dynamic as Diane Weiss? And I don't, not this year. She she definitely does like the peanut butter and jelly of acting. Like she combines two different layers in those moments where she's being kind of funny and she's being serious. And, and yet she's both and neither at the same time. And it's blending together to be its own kind of like, it's kind of like that movie Inside Out where at the end she learns how to have mixed emotions. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what Diane Weiss does is she's able to have these blend of like comedy and pathos and tragedy and like humor all at once. Yeah. Um, I just also love how she enters the scene. I was just going to say, oh, to me, it's... when I think about when she won it, when she won it is when she enters the scene. <laughs> you already know she has a story. I yes. love like yes. what is it this time well i just went to an audition and of course i didn't get it you know like just that opening line it's just mm-hmm. i want more of that give me that like distressed woman in a huff with a in cigarette a ready i mean and it, it goes without saying that uh you know there's some great cigarette acting in this movie and diane weist gets the majority of it oh. gets to do it the most yeah in this one, I mean, like, you know, when she's talking about, like, I really think I'm done with acting, and she's got the cigarette bouncing off of her lip. I mean, it's just... But, like, but as you said, like, the moment she walks in, and I think just, like, 
the the costume the costuming is so important like what she's wearing um the sunglasses the the, pulling the cigarette out i i love the way that she kind of comes in almost in the not in the background of the scene but kind of like she's not the focus when she enters we just know oh there's a woman coming in and she's got a story you know um (laughs) and i i love that like yeah like then sitting down at the table and the camera is just kind of slowly circling around and she's doing that thing that maybe we've all done where it's like, you know, she's, it's kind of like she's talking as fast as she can. She's, she's telling her, her narrative and her reasoning and her rationale as quickly as she can. So that she doesn't have to notice. She doesn't have to like get caught up in doubt, you know? Yeah. I love that. Um, there's a part of me that like I, I feel bad for Hannah because so much of Holly's, um, you know, the rejection or resentment in her love life or everything else, she really unloads it and and blames Hannah for not all of it, but most of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's just when someone's mad and they're taking it out on. But that's something you do with your sister. It's something you do with your sibling because you've, you know, she's 38 in the movie. I don't know how or in, in real life. I don't know how old they're supposed to be in the movie, but. Um, we've all done that with family members, whether we really intend to or not, which I really, that's the writing though, uh, in a way. Mm. Um, I, I also think, love, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say, but I, and I think it makes sense also when you think about like Hannah is, she, here's Holly, who's just like struggling to like get a role and going on auditions. And yep. here's Hannah who's like, yeah, I used to act and then I stopped and I raised a family and I got, you know, and all that. And then I had an opportunity to act again. And so I went and I did this prestige role again and got it out of yeah. my system. Whereas Holly is single, you know, unlucky in love, can't find a date, you know, is, is the girl in the back seat is always going on auditions. So like Holly, I mean, Hannah represents so much to Holly of like what, she can't have or what she's not able to have and holly yeah. seems to have it so sort of gracefully and easily yeah and that's frustrating for sure for anyone i do love uh, we forgot to mention in the in the dress scene where they're searching for the dress and she's like i'm going on a broadway uh, i'm auditioning for a broadway musical and I'm, I'm gonna sing and and hannah's like oh okay and then she says like you really know how to cut me down and then they're by the this rack and she's like are you sure you can sing and she's like where's the quote she's like uh she's like for christ's sake hannah you heard me sing and she like screams it across the yes. the store and it's magic i love it so much oh i love she's that like, all right calm down you can sing it's yeah it's again tempering yeah go ahead well no I, th- I think exactly like choosing when to yell choosing when to kind of like like being economical about that and not just kind of like starting out at a 10. And cause I think it'd be very easy to play Holly as just crazy, you know? Yeah. As just like always kind of like, like, especially with like the Coke and whatnot, like she still manages to play all that in a very human space. Yeah. I think so too. Hmm. (sighs) So I, you know, the other thing I love about that, you know, I think that, that the dinner scene, the lunch scene, excuse me, is I think, with Diane Weist, I think it's like, it, it, it's the way that she says, like, you know, I'm not 16 anymore, you know, like, it's things, it's <laughs> it's the way that she modifies her voice in those ways. It's similar yeah. to how she says, Kevin, in, in the birdcage. Oh, yes. I think those, I mean, that's once again, almost like this physical representation of Diane Weist's layers, is that she actually, like, she has different ranges you're it's like her it's like a it's like a theater is she like orchestra level diane weist is she at her mezzanine is she like you know what i mean like is she over in like the box you know like she just it 
you get so many different kind of surprises out of her performance. And I think that's part of why she won is that it's that same thing again with like Sandy Dennis or Ruth Gordon where I can't predict the way you're going to read this line or the way that you did this moment. I would have never expected or like figured that out, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you're really going to love bullets over Broadway. There's a lot of barking because she mm. plays like this grand dame um, sort of washed up actress. So Ugh. I feel like, you're going to be really excited. Um, there was some, Oh, another scene that I really liked speaking of just uh, reacting and believing her, I guess really is the best way to say it is when Woody reads her script or her mm -hmm. book or, or scripts. Yeah. Script. And mm -hmm. she, and he says that he likes it and he genuine, genuinely likes it. And it's just like, we've all kind of had that feeling of like, if we've ever created something, especially as an adult, when the first person kind of gives you a little bit of validation that like, it's really good. And like, I'm not just saying that it's just like, it's almost like she wanted to stand up, but she, mm -hmm. she didn't, or maybe she did. I can't remember too, mm -hmm. but she's like, she's like, Oh, that's so good. You know, because I really, I really struggled with it. I and like all, it just kind of pours out of her that excitement, Oh, yeah. yeah. That's very palpable of like you're holding on to all that tension. It's like whenever you give somebody something of yours that you've created or written and and it's like fighting the urge to do the disclaimer of like, well, no, no, listen, it's kind of new. It's kind of yeah. fresh. Like, you know, don't have any expectations. And like, ugh, it's like, don't bother with that. I'll, I know. Yeah. I know. And like, so I think when somebody like, that's all that nervous tension. So when somebody says like, oh, no, it really is good there's just that like release, like all of the slack in the rope just like falls yeah, out, it's you beautiful. know, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, I think with Diane Weist, it's kind of like, this is a great performance. Do I think it's like the best performance of Diane Weist? I, I'm going to challenge that. I bet there are others sure. that I love even more. Um, but you know, I'm glad she's got two Oscars to her name, you know? Yeah, I mean that's that is something. There, have you ever heard of that? Uh, I remember when it came out. There was this article that came out that said Diane Weiss is having trouble paying her rent. No, do you know about this? No, oh, I, I think either I found it on Facebook or it was a Lady Watch thing, and it's it came out probably like I'm gonna just ballpark like five or six years ago, and how she's still living in New York. And she's going to have to move soon because just it's too expensive and the cost of living has gone up. But it, it, it was like very specific. It was like two time Oscar winner Diane Weist is having trouble paying her. Rent. <laughs> <laughs> I want that like framed. Just, oh, yeah, it's great. It's put, great. Uh, post it uh, So kitchen. check that out. There's like a YouTube video that kind of uh, sums it up, too. And uh, it's good. Well, hopefully now, I mean, she, you know, looking at her her filmography i mean she's yeah. she's got stuff going on she was in this show you know she was in 79 episodes of life in pieces so okay that that should have paid her rent um yeah i was gonna say I, I, she must have an expensive maybe she just has this swanky loft in like hell's kitchen or something that's really maybe she should move you know maybe fine. she should maybe she needs to move to queens like if she wants know, to come to astoria yeah. and hang out oh, with me what would you do if you just saw diane weist walking to like the nq i'd be like excuse diane do you i got my one here on you too. yeah I got, do you want to do you want to come smoke a bowl and talk to me about your craft <laughs> maybe do, do a podcast with me i well, called celia she's on our way over yeah yeah <laughs> nick's got celia i got you we're gonna skype in oh my god oh my god Island. Oh my god! <laughs> so great. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, 
I this has been a, a rewarding celebration of Diane Weist. I'm glad yes. that we chose this uh, one. Yeah, um, you know, and it's like again, I, I I certainly reserve all the same all the feelings for Woody Allen that people have of like, oh fuck him and or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, totally. And I just go back to what I said about Ruth Gordon is like. What, it, what Roman Plansky did doesn't take away from what Ruth Gordon had did in that movie, you know? Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah, um, that's our lens. That's our lens. So I think that, of course, then brings us to uh, our BSA of the week, which Ugh. is, of course, an actress or a performance or a person or a thing or a food or a song. It is something in our life that is acting as a best supporting actress for us this week. Um, sing out, Louise. What do you got for us? Oh, I'm excited. I have. I feel like it's so hard to pick one, um, but I have two. Um, uh, the first one is a an item that I bought from Target this week. Um, I think I bought them on Wednesday, and it is a pair of sweatpants oh. <laughs> that oh. I saw in the Goodfellow collection. It was. Uh, I'm a big fan of green. I love green in any capacity, and it, they. They just fit me so well. I didn't try them on. I'm not a fan of trying on things. I'm I'm past the age of trying on clothes. Uh, <laughs> once more for the I cheap seats bothered. in the back. Yep. I really can't. I used to make fun of my grandma for she would buy clothes and then just take them home and then if they didn't fit, she'd take them back. And I I'm on board with that cuz it's just too much. Yeah. Oh Ugh. no, I do the same thing. Wise grandma. No, I that's what it is. I'm not going to go in here and take my pants off in a store. I'm yeah, going to go shoes, my like, shoes. Ugh. Yeah, I do yeah. not. What if there's a fire and I'm running out of there in my in just what God <laughs> gave me in my skivvies, yeah, you know? Just trying to but wrap anyway. the curtain around me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good i could picture that yeah uh i but they they just are perfect they have this like elastic band that's like maybe like three inches thick and it kind of just like hugs my like you know my little muffin top there that oh. just like it kind of just holds it in and it's like i always like joke that men should have like some sort of spanks or something to kind of keep that all in and this is my version of that and they're kind of athletic sweatpants if that makes sense mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. definitely lounge worthy but they are definitely like I could like go walk one of my dogs and you know totally feel chic at the same time. So yeah, I mean I just have to say that it, I that the crazy synchronicity of that because I recently did a, a, a shopping trip at H and M and got some sweatpants shorts, some sweat shorts. Oh, I've always been curious. Tell super me. comfy, and I did the yeah. exact same thing where I pulled up the waistband over my little muffin top, and I was like. <laughs> This, this, I'm gonna add, and like, and then it made the rest of the shorts fit in all the right places. I even know more. it's perfect. And I was like, this is this is the way I'm gonna wear my shorts going forward. I feel so secure. Everything's yeah. held in. Yes. So I, Ugh. I love that you're having the same experience this week. Yes. Yes. Men need to be held too. You know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we do. Best supporting sweatpants. <laughs> in all the right places. <laughs> Um, so that is, that is one of my, one half of it. And I just, I, I found this, um, this Twitter series by a one Colin Drucker that is called A November of Nuance. Oh, no. And it is giving me all the best supporting actress vibes that I need for (laughs) the whole month of November. It's such a great idea. It just, you know, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. just, um, yes, I'm tweeting once a day, you know, uh, for the, for the month of November, it's a November of nuance. It's a nuanced yeah. gif with a bit of a, bit of a blurb. Uh, and it was more, 
mostly, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, just to get me to like tweet more and like get more yeah. comfortable with it. And, but it was like, well, because I'm like, I don't tweet because I'm like, I don't have anything to say. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not going to just do it just for the sake of doing it. But this gives me a reason. And it's like something that I feel is like, a fun little addition to people's feeds of like, oh, oh, that is a cool micro moment. Oh, yeah. And I have been really enjoying it. I It, it feels really fun. So it's so fun. I mean, uh, day four with uh, with what's her face from Wipe Swap. The, the oh, lady. Oh, the, the God Warrior. God Warrior. And just your caption, her velvet smooth choreography with that coat is just mesmerizing. The way she and it really slips is. out of it. Yeah. It's I, I just feel like it's this like little like these things it's just like tossing things out to the world to see if anyone gets it you know? i mean this one too i don't know if you could see it the one oh of that. i still don't know what that gif is from is that woman neither do i but i've seen it too oh you have know. yeah like i don't think i've seen it's it's day six for anyone who's interested uh mm-hmm. who's following at colin drucker on Twitter. yeah um, I chose Diane Weist for today in honor of yes. this episode. Yeah, even uh, though this is coming out days later, but yeah, that's all right. Um, that's all listeners right. will know. Oh, that's how the sausage is made. They record early. I know. Yeah. Well, partially because uh, best supporting podcast uh, artist, logo designer, your logo designer yeah. best supporting actor, Keon, your boyfriend. Yes. It's his birthday this weekend. Yeah, I mean we're celebrating this weekend, but his birthday is actually on the twelfth. Uh, oh, which okay. is Tuesday. Tuesday. But it's it's always weird having like, you know, a Thursday, Friday birthday or like a mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday. It's like, when do we celebrate? Right. Yeah. The weekend. Um, so, uh, so of course, before anything, happy birthday, Keon. Yes. Thank you for like ugh, that logo. I have to tell ugh. you, when we first started talking about logos, we had a different idea and I think it was a fun idea. And then when I saw this, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my the God. Drama. Yes. The drama. I just, it's so great. It bears mentioning how good that is. Um, yeah. And thank you for the Twitter love. I will continue for the entire month of November. And then who knows what December will be, you know? Yeah. A December uh. of details, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh. Um, well, well, thank you. Well, lovely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think my best supporting actress might be a say of the week. Uh, we just did for Patreon for all right, Mary, we just did alien which uh, I'm assuming you have not seen. I've not seen. It's a little scary. But, it is uh, scary. It's very I love Sigourney. scary. I love Sigourney. Oh my God. That is my BSA of the week. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. I love her. She is now it's now it's a it's a tricky it's a it's a scary movie for sure, but she's phenomenal in it. It is like such like understated actressing. Sure. It's just is, was she nominated so for it? I thought she was. She no. was nominated for a BAFTA for Aliens for the sequel. Oh, interesting. And I I don't think she got nominated for a Golden Globe for it. She did get she did win a Golden Globe in 1988 for Working Girl. Yes. So we will have the opportunity to talk about her oh, again. Can't wait. Uh but yeah, so she I, I highly recommend it just because she is like just so good in Alien. And it is so fucking scary. Uh, I just, I just, it reminds me how much I enjoy her, and I've enjoyed her. I mean, when I was a kid, my brother was obsessed with Ghostbusters, and so I knew that movie just because it was always on, and obviously she's in that. Yeah. Like, oh yes. And so that made her like an indelible part of like my childhood in a way where I was like, do I know this woman? No, no, no. She was just on the TV a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, and anything I see her in. I think she has like a beautiful voice. I could listen to her speak all day. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So soothing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just think that she's, 
she's just incredible. The Ice Storm, that's a great movie. I'd love to revisit sometime. She's great in that. Total BSA in that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I a moment of appreciation for Sigourney Weaver and the character of Ripley. It's, I mean, she becomes such sort of an action, you know, figure in a way by the sequel. But in the first one, it, she's so... It, it's not you kind of go into it not with the idea that she's like the final girl or like she's the yeah. you know the heroine you don't realize that you know right away and then it's kind of like it's not even that she's such like a badass she's just like she just is resourceful she just figures it out and uh minor spoiler there's a cat in the movie and the cat survives because oh, she saves good. the cat there is a scene of her running through like hallways like in in a panic with like a flamethrower in one hand and a cat carrier in the other oh my god how amazing is that yeah i mean that earns points for anyone like it yeah it's yeah. just like the the choice of that is just i oh i just love it so much um so she that's was, uh sorry to interrupt you no, no sorry that's it uh, that's that's my bsa i love that i I feel like I need more Sigourney in my life, really. Honestly, like I haven't. She was nominated. So, is there a difference between Alien and Aliens? So, Aliens is the sequel. Okay, so she was nominated for that for an Oscar, Best Actress in a Leading Role. Get out! Yeah, isn't that crazy? In 1987, oh, I, I, so the I next thought, year. Oh, oh, wow! I, that's what I thought she was, and I was like, I think she. And then in 1989, she was nominated. She's a double nominee. She was nominated for Leading. Uh, for Gorillas in the Mist, she playing Jane Goodall, uh -huh. and then Best Supporting Actress for Working Girl in 1989. Wow, crazy! Oh my she god, she didn't win any of them. <laughs> That's okay. Well, actually, what's interesting in 1988, which well, I guess 1988 is the year of the movies, the 89 Oscars. She or the Golden Globe, she won for Working Girl, um, uh, and she beat out Barbara Hershey for The Last Temptation of Christ. Interesting. Was that your nominee? You never mentioned it. No, I know. I you just realized. But before we close out, the yeah. weird Os uh, Golden Globe nominee in 1986 was. Um, have you ever seen the movie Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> I know it, but I is it is it what's her face? It's the it's the girl the the woman in it. Yeah, it's not. Um... The, oh my god! No, the actress's name is uh, Linda Kozlowski. Oh, okay, um, got it, got it. I, it's just one of those movies where you're like, why? It, I mean, she's not bad in it, but it's like, that's so weird. Yeah. So that's kind of like Maggie Smith won the Golden Globe, by the way. But that's and Diane Weiss was nominated, obviously. But interesting. Um, yeah, I uh kind of need to see Crocodile Dundee again to understand what was Golden Globe worthy about. Yeah, what a weird choice. Yeah. And you know what? I hope I, I hope I discover that it's an amazing performance. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope so too. This looks like we have gone over the limit. We have gone too long once again. As uh, always. As always. Um, well, shucks, where, where can people find us? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov and every other week at this girlfriend's cocktail hour and the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast as well. Catch it. Uh, I'm on hiatus unofficially. Okay. All <laughs> Gotta right. Gotta concentrate on these best supporting actresses. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm not mad not at that priority. Yeah. Yes. But where can we find more of you, Colin? Well, if I'm not queening out on best supporting actresses here, I'm queening out on them and other nuances on In the Details, the celebration of nuance. 
or queening out about drag queens and drag competition reality TV shows on uh, All Right Mary. Uh, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, where I'm currently tweeting a November of nuance uh, every go day check this it month. Out, everyone, it's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Wonderful. And you can also send us your thoughts, queries, questions. Uh, if you are on board with everything that we're saying, hopefully you're, you are all out there. So many great emails we received in the past couple weeks. It's been so lovely. Uh, but if you have thoughts as well to contribute uh email at email us at excuse me the bsa pod at gmail.com and you can also follow us on twitter at bsa pod wonderful wonderful well of course we want to thank diane weist barbara hershey Ugh. mia farrow julie kavner i mean oh uh, we forgot yeah oh, we forgot julie uh, we forgot um uh the mother oh um, maureen o'sullivan oh my gosh it's it's so wonderful just really so many ladies so if many anything, ladies we have woody allen to thank for that thank uh, you for giving joanna gleason work thank you for giving yes. us you know uh carrie fisher you know yes um an embarrassment of of best supporting actresses this week honestly um, thank you, thank you, and uh, that, as they say, is that. <laughs>